naturally Granny Keto, welcoming you to my podcast, Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. On my website, grannyketo.com, I have a page called Granny's Table with all my favorite keto recipes. I hope this podcast makes you feel that you are sitting at Granny Keto's table, just chewing the fat. Discussing this and that, sometimes the science of keto, sometimes chatting with guests, sometimes just talking about the week's adventures, grandkids, how a recipe turned out, or challenges and victories, keto and otherwise. But always friendly and casual, and welcoming you into my home. Pull up a chair and sit a while. everyone and welcome to episode one of Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. In this episode I want to talk a bit about myself, how I came to keto and how I became Granny Keto. To start with, I grew up in the age of Twiggy and in the age before plus sizes where you could not wear pretty clothes if you were over a size 10. I knew early on that something was really wrong with me when my mother took me to a diet doctor at the age of 13. I was actually put on amphetamines at that age and told to follow some calorie counting diet. I don't recall how much beyond being taken to the doctor, but I do remember that the doctor yelled at me on a follow-up appointment. I don't know where my mother stood in all of this, and in terms of forgiveness, I have to believe that she was either very concerned about me, or I myself begged her to take me to a diet doctor. I can't put blame anywhere, but I do know that this experience started the downhill slide into diet craziness. It also shaped how I felt about myself from there on. I entered the adolescent land of never good enough, never pretty enough, never smart enough, never thin enough. I would kill now for what I weighed in college when I thought I was so fat. And we are talking about 150 pounds soaking wet. What I now know is that believing I was fat made me fat. It caused me to shy away from sports and from distinguishing myself in other social activities that would have gotten me out of the house and would encourage me to be active. I am still amazed that I managed to graduate high school because I spent almost every PE class wearing those damn blue bloomers and white button shirts. If you are in your 60s or 70s, you know what outfit I'm talking about. Anyway, I spent every PE session in the infirmary. I remember at overnight summer camp, I spent every swim session in the infirmary there. I didn't want anyone to see me in a bathing suit. And believing I was fat sent me on almost every crazy diet out there, further damaging my metabolism, health, and self-image. However, I am nothing if not rebellious. When I was in graduate school, I took up belly dance and moved to New York to be a dancer in the nightclubs of the city. It was my F.U. to everyone who ever thought I was fat, even myself. It is true that I may have been the heaviest dancer on the circuit, but the only one standing in way of being the busiest, most sought-after dancers in New York was my own belief about being too fat to deserve total success. I look at pictures now and I can't believe how beautiful my body was. But again, in the age of Twiggy, I thought 
was downright acceptable. I actually had breasts and soft curves. Well, being a belly dancer did pay off. My husband, fresh from Lebanon, was a waiter at a Lebanese restaurant, and I was a dancer. And oh well, over 40 years later, two children and two grandchildren, we are still happily married, and I am his dabouli, the meaning of which irks me, especially when I manage to lose weight. It means my cute little chubby one. His entire family calls me Dabuli. Most of them do not even know my name is Miriam. Anyway, I have since finished that master's degree I was working on when I left to dance in New York, and I even got another degree in education. I lived my adult life yo-yo dieting, being admonished that I would have diabetes any day now, and if I cared to lose weight, I could be a beautiful, healthy person. Funny how we are considered that we could be beautiful if we lost weight. Anyway, I tried any current diet, including at least 15 rounds with the various Weight Watchers plans, and spent so much money, even on a hypnosis program, and never lost more than maybe 20 pounds only to put it back on again. Finally, at one checkup, following the usual scolding, my doctor said, do you know you have some lumps in your neck? I want you to see an endocrinologist. Well, Long story short, I have Hashimoto's, and God only knows for how long I was never tested for anything thyroid-related, even though I was losing my hair, could not lose weight no matter how hard I tried, and would pull over on the way home from work to sleep on the side of the road because I couldn't make the one-hour drive. The endocrinologist also tested by fasting insulin. I don't know if it had ever been tested before, and it was 46.5. For those of you who know, five and below was normal, and some functional doctors even put that range at three and below. I was given no instruction on Hashimoto's and never even heard the word autoimmune uttered until I started investigating it myself. I asked him, but what about my thyroid? He answered, oh, nothing is wrong with your numbers. We will just wait until the Hashimoto's burns out your thyroid. Then we will do something about it. I thought, I'll figure this out myself. I started researching Hashimoto's and thyroid health. I learned about the connection between gluten and thyroid health. From gluten-free information, I found paleo and the AIP, which stands for autoimmune protocol. Then I started looking up doctors who support paleo, and I was put onto the functional medicine path. After months of research and calls and emails, I found functional doctors in my area who took insurance. When the doctor did the first round of tests, she was like, oh my God, at the numbers. I learned that functional medicine doctors have very different ranges for interpreting blood tests that conventional doctors do. I was put on thyroid medicine immediately and sent to their paleo nutritionist. I went through an elimination diet, but all within paleo. I even did a whole 30. However, I never lost a pound. When I told the doctor, that I was compliant and wasn't going off paleo, all she could say was, oh, okay, rolling her eyes. After all, patients never tell the truth about following a diet.
I bounced around for a couple of more years, believing the fault was mine. Then a friend had me read Gary Taub's Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. I listened to it on CD during my commute, and halfway to Boston, I pulled over and cried. It wasn't my fault all these years. It was the food's fault, and specifically, insulin's fault. I went keto immediately, cold turkey, and never looked back. Just to give you the numbers at the highest, my fasting insulin was 46.5, as I said, and during my early experience with keto, it went down to 12. Although there are so many other factors to gauge success with keto, there is still some power in numbers, and the nodules in my neck also reduced in size. Anyway, I'm still going down. I haven't tested since that 12, but I feel good, and so I'm sure it's lower. Anyway, I worked with a wonderful keto coach last year and through some of this year and made significant progress with how I understood and worked keto. She worked with me through many crises from my new born grandson being rushed to the hospital for surgery while I put everything on hold to take care of my granddaughter. Then in December of that year, which was last year in 2017, I flew out to California to be with my sister who lived only a month from that point and died in early January. Three weeks later, my mother died. Four weeks from that day, my husband suffered a near-fatal ruptured abdominal aortic aneurysm, and I was home for 12 weeks on emergency family leave to take care of him. About mid-way through this coaching experience, she would say, you should consider being a keto coach. You're good at this and can encourage people. She said this partly because I did not stray one bite from keto during all these crises. I think it actually made me feel I had some control while my life was running on chaos. Anyway, we started a nutritional coaching class together and finished it, and I started to think about what I could eventually do in retirement. At that point, not even a speck on the map of my life. Almost like a lightning bolt, I said, Granny Keto! The minute I realized I was going to be home taking care of my husband, I said to myself that I was not going to waste a minute of the gift that had been given to me, of being home from work for 12 weeks. Probably within the first two weeks of being home, I hired a website designer and a good friend, who I'll talk about later, to help me with media presence. Another girlfriend, a former belly dance student, a lawyer, set me up with my LLC, insurance, and trademarks for the Granny Keto Transitions Program. Anyway, moving on and looking at my life now as Granny Keto, I thought that Granny Keto would be a perfect way to address the needs and concerns of older women, over 50 for the most part. I'm not yet educated on medical needs of the older woman. Let's say, for instance, dietary needs specific to menopause or hormone replacement therapy and things like that. I am able, however, to point people to various authors, books, or articles but I'm not the expert and I wouldn't pretend to be. What I'm good with are issues such as, I've dieted all my life and I can't go on another diet even though my life does depend on it. 
for. Even if I do go on a diet like keto, I am not going to weigh and measure and track and write down every piece of food I eat or emotion I have. I won't keep a journal or anything. Or don't give me this shit about taking a bubble bath to calm down. That was a biggie with me, believe me. Another thing that uh, I would say is I work full time and I'm part of the sandwich generation. I have adult children at home and I'm caring for an elderly parent. Or my favorite, I have a spouse set in his ways and oh my God, if I don't serve potatoes at dinner, he will leave the table. Or how about I visit my grandchildren every weekend or they come here? How can I stay keto when I'm faced with gummy beers, pretzels, and cupcakes? And one that I hear a lot, I would do keto if someone would shop and cook for me. I just can't do it all anymore. I just can't take care of me. No one else does. Why should I? Or rather, I never learn to. So this was a good place for me to start as Granny Keto. Um, I offered my clients so many free resources right on my website with blogs, recipes, and FAQs for addressing all of that. Two of the things that I have are perfect for people just starting keto or wanting to shake up what they are already doing here. I'll talk about these in my podcast, but I want to talk about them now to introduce them a little bit. One is the Granny Keto Transitions Program, which is five steps to keto. I encourage people to land anywhere in that program and stay as long as they are comfortable, even if they do not reach clean keto. Any changes they make while doing these steps will net tremendous healthy results. The second thing I offer, and I urge everyone to get this, is a free guide called Dancing with Keto. It is not your usual how-to-do keto guide with shopping lists and food lists. You can get something like that from a hundred different places, and I even have that information on my FAQ list. What Dancing with Keto does is guide you through the steps to finding freedom with keto. It is based on how I used to teach my student dancers how to dance from the heart and not from choreography. (laughs) I didn't mention, or maybe I did, that I went on to become a professional dancer and a renowned teacher, and I have even written a book that hopefully will be available in digital format on Amazon soon. But that's what inspired this guide. This is free, and anyone can get it on my website at grannyketo.com. There is a very funny accompanying YouTube video that I recorded while wearing one of my belly dance costumes. Find me on YouTube at Granny Keto, then under the playlist Motivate Me, and you will find the video entitled Amira, which was my stage name. Anyway, in the future... I am starting this podcast. Well, this is the introductory podcast. But next week, I'm starting a special treat for listeners of Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. My girlfriend, Amy... And her husband, Chris, and Amy was the one who helped me with my media, and she was a belly dancing student, are starting with step one of my transitions program, and I will interview them each week about their insights, experience, and progress as they work through the steps on 
to keto. We thought this would be a great way for listeners to see how other people are learning about keto or learning to support their partners if only one is interested in taking the transitions program all the way to keto. Anyway, all of the crises I mentioned earlier, I think with my heart. My grandson, with my grandson, I realized that I wanted to live closer to my daughter and have that little family be more a part of my life. As a matter of fact, we are house hunting now and we put in an offer and I'm going to be talking about that on Shoe the Fat because it is a life change and I'm sure many people are going through it or maybe going through it. Anyway, with my sister's passing, not only did I learn how precious life is, but I would like to direct your listeners to my blog post called A Mug and a Spoon, which explains why her passing was so instrumental in getting Granny Keto going. With the passing of my mother, I realize that I am now the older generation, and it is up to me to pass on wisdom to help others to move on in their lives. With my husband's devastating medical condition, I learned, first of all, that we can be home together and not kill each other. Second, I learned that I love being at home and that working on Granny Keto is fulfilling, interesting, and is bringing a whole larger world to me than I ever had. Also during this past year with all its crises, I learned that my friends and close family are life-giving. They have more than helped me to get where I am with Granny Keto, never mind the love and support they gave me all through the year. I know it sounds mushy, but I want to get across that Granny Keto was built from love and determination and truly represents the second part of my life. My mother lived to almost 102, my sister to over 70, and was so vibrant she would have gone as long as my mother if not for the cancer. So it is up to me at the tender age of 66 to carry on and help others reach their full potential by no longer blaming themselves for dieting failures and also by finding the wonderful health that keto brings. This is just an introductory episode so that you know who I am. I look forward to the next episode where I introduce my friends Amy and Chris and get to chew the fat with keto. that you leave a review on iTunes to get the ball rolling. Also, be sure to like my Facebook page, Granny Keto LLC, and visit my website, grannyketo.com, especially to sign up for Dancing with Keto. I also have a YouTube channel with informative videos that you might find a little different from other channels. After all, have you ever seen a belly dancer in costume teach you about keto? 